G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. We want to focus specifically on the Old Covenant. And there are Isaiah 48, 16. Say, this is God the Son. I was blown away when I found this. I was so excited. <laughs> this whole chapter is like, it's spine tingling. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Over the last couple of programs, we've been grappling with the concept of the triune Godhead. Three persons and one God. It's a mystery, and while some analogies are okay, they're mainly inadequate. But we've been focusing on places in the Old Covenant where each of the personages of the Trinity are identified. And it's actually fascinating if you go right back to the very first verse and the first chapter, it becomes really evident that God is not a single um, entity, that he is a plural entity. There is only one of him, but there is this plural, mm. plura, plurality is the word, isn't it? There's this plurality to the nature of the Godhead. And we, we kind of looked at, I mean, it is fascinating. You said, you know, there are lots of analogies, but they're inadequate. And that's true. But it does help you kind of get your head around it a mm. little bit. Yeah. And some of the analogies are better, some are worse, but they do, they do kind of help you get your head around it. And we uh, so we, we looked at the, the very first chapter of the Bible and we, we looked at how, um, you know, there was evidences not only of, of God the Father, what, what we would say God the Father, but there was uh, evidences of God the Son even in a pre-incarnate form as the angel of the Lord or the captain of the host, where he literally became a physical entity, but obviously divine, you know, enough that the, whoever interacted, whichever human being was interacting with them, was aware mm. that they were standing before divinity yeah. uh, or something supernatural. Um, and there was also mention of the Holy Spirit, um, evidence brooding over the surface of the deep during the, the creation account. But there's more evidences of the Holy Spirit as well. If you look in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, God was uh, calling for those who had the creative abilities to build the tabernacle and the um, the artistry and the beauty that had to be put into the making of these uh, vessels and functions within the temple itself. And it actually says in verse 3 of Exodus 31 that the Holy Spirit, that God would use his spirit to um, gift or enable these artisans to do extraordinary work. So he took somebody who was already gifted, but then mm. really, really gave yeah. them incredible giftings to make sure that everything in the, in the tabernacle was perfect. Then in uh, 1 Samuel 10, when Samuel anointed Saul to be king, this is before Saul really went off his rocker and became a really bad king, but it says that the Spirit of God caused Saul to prophesy. Yeah. Then Isaiah 61, 
That's when the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about the coming Messiah. And remember, there's that famous verse that even Jesus stood up in the um, synagogue and he read from Isaiah 61 and where he said, the mm. spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Well, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is obviously a different identity mm. to the Lord. That's right. The sovereign Lord, yeah. you know. So there's this evidence throughout these verses just alone of the spirit of God. So I guess the question is then, is there examples in the Old Covenant of the three identities being found together? Yeah, yeah, there are actually. Of course, we know of the obvious one. We, we mentioned it um, in one of the previous programs about in the New Covenant where Jesus was baptised. The, the yeah, Father speaks from heaven and yeah, and the Holy Spirit lands on, it, on him like a dove. And that's beautiful imagery. We want to focus specifically on the Old Covenant. And there are Isaiah forty-eight sixteen. It says, "This is God the Son." But I was blown away when I found this. I was so excited. <laughs> this whole chapter is like it's spine tingling. This is God the Son is speaking, and He says, "Come near to me." This is the Son. Listen to this. From the first, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, I was there, and now the Lord God has sent me and His Spirit. Wow. This is Isaiah 40, 48, that's verse 16. All three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity, all seen together there. But the thing that blew my mind, really fantastic about this particular verse, the entire preceding chapter, you have God the Son is speaking in the first person about himself, about what he's done, and then he gets to this particular verse, verse 16, the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. So this is God the Son speaking the entire chapter. And he continues, you know, for, on for the remaining speech. And he is, when you read that preceding verses about what this God has done, he's literally referring to himself as God. God the Son. He doesn't say the Son. You think it's God the Father until you get to that and you think, oh, hang on a second. Mm, it couldn't possibly be. Couldn't possibly be this whole mm. chapter. You've got to read it. Isaiah 48 is just fantastic and, and the pinnacle. Mm. Verse 16, this picture of the Trinity. Amazing. Yeah. I think we even mentioned this before. The idea that God predestined his Son to live among us is pretty hard for the Jewish mindset, okay? They understand that a Messiah is coming, right? They know that. But is that Messiah actually divine? Is it mm. God taking on human form? But, you know, God repeatedly promised in his word that he was going to live among them. Listen to this. This is Zechariah chapter 2, 10 and 11. It says, Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst declares the Lord. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. Then I'll dwell in your midst and you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So therefore the Lord of hosts, God, mm. has sent me, that has got to be the son to you. But he says, I'm going to dwell with you. And if you look at what that word means, the word dwell is shachan in the Hebrew, and it literally means to settle down, to abide with, to tabernacle with, to reside with. It's a physical thing. It, it's not just talking about some kind of a spiritual presence. Here's an, uh, some more verses about the Son of God. Psalm 2, my, my most favorite psalm. 
except for Psalm 190. <laughs> um, it says, Now therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. So God is speaking and then says you take refuge of the Son. Mm. The, the preceding verses of Psalm 2 says, why do the nations rage and, and you know, come up with these vain imaginations of trying to overthrow God and his anointed one. And we think, oh, that's just the king. No, it's his son because he then goes on to qualify it and says there, mm. recognize the son lest you perish in the way. Um, I mean, if you read Psalm 2, the whole thing, it's just fantastic, yeah. this picture of God wanting to honor and elevate his son. Just amazing. Um, Proverbs 30 verse 4, it says, Who has ascended into heaven and, descend- and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Mm. And you go, well, yeah, I do know. <laughs> it says, yeah. what is his name and his son's name? So you're talking again about God who create this creative, amazing, powerful entity that we know. And it's asking what's his name or his son's name. There's another great one in Daniel 7 that says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. So once again, you've (laughs) got the the two personalities there that are coming together. Isn't that fantastic? The Ancient of Days, we would say God the Father. Mm. And he has presented to him the Son of Man. Mm. This is Old Covenant Scripture, reputable, proven and revered by the Jewish people and all throughout. I mean, there are so many more. There are so many more that I haven't included in this. But if if you do some research about verses that demonstrate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Old Covenant, it is mind-boggling how many there are. And we get caught up. Well, the Jewish people have this thing about Echad, one. God is one. We talked about it, Shema. And again, Shema is so much deeper than that. It is a mystery. Colossians 1, it is a mystery, but it doesn't change the reality that our God is one, but he is three. Very distinct individual persons within that triune Godhead. And we have this amazing relationship, this intimate relationship with all of them. Mm. As always, there's more in the notes that you can read, and it's been a fascinating study over the last few days on this, the Trinity. But next time on Foundations, we're going to look at whether we're supposed to repeat ourselves when it comes to our prayers. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.